welcome to the What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph Ganowski. After having multiple negative experiences with men, I started to believe all men were toxic. That is, until a few male strangers challenged my belief completely. This made me realize that a major problem with men in relationships stems from the fact that most men don't really love themselves or pay enough attention to their own strengths. I want to change that. Now I'm on a mission to help men thrive mentally, emotionally, physically, and sexually in their relationships with themselves and with women. So stay tuned and see how my passion can help you as a man. Hey guys, welcome back to the What I Love About Men podcast. Today I have a therapist on the show and she works primarily with men. So before I dive into that conversation, I just want to remind you guys to please head over to iTunes, rate and re- rate and review this podcast because it would really help the podcast grow. It would help to get more men to this content to really help them. I know a lot of you guys get a lot out of this, a lot of value and, and takeaways from this. So let's share it with the world, okay? So once you rate and review, all you have to do is send me a screenshot on Instagram at Steph Ganowski, and I will send you the Ideal Woman Questionnaire. And this is a questionnaire to help you get really specific on the woman you want to attract because we can't attract a certain type of person if we're not yet focused on who that person is or what they like or what they do. You know, all these things are really important. So often, you guys, I get on so many phone calls where men are like, well, I don't want this and I don't want that. I don't want a woman who does this. I don't want a woman I can't trust. But what do you want? Okay. As a society, we're so, we're so accustomed to just saying, Oh, I don't want that or focusing on the negatives and biologically too. I mean, we're, we're wired to seek out what won't work so that we can avoid it. Right. But at the end of the day, we get what we focus on. And this is what the ideal woman questionnaire will really help you do. Start focusing on the exact type of woman you want so that your subconscious mind is actually looking for her when, when you're not even consciously aware of it. Okay. That's how we attract the right people in our lives. It's crazy, but it's true. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to dive into today's interview, which I'm so excited to bring you. Here it is. Krissa Anderson is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Newport Beach, California. She has her master's in holistic counseling and has a private practice focusing on working with men. She helps men go from feeling isolated in their lives to feeling connected by helping them increase their confidence and self-esteem. Welcome to the show, Krista. Thanks so much for being on. Hi, Steph. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited because we do, we have a very similar uh, message in helping men with confidence, which I thought was really cool. I know. It's so cool because it. I feel like there's not enough of that out there. So it's neat to find yeah. people who are, have, have similar values. I know. Like, I literally can't find anyone. <laughs> like, I, can't, I think you're the first person who, like, just works with men and, like, helps men with confidence, you know, and is a woman. And it's it's so strange that there's not there's not many people out there, but it also makes sense, you know, why it's so hard for men to understand all this stuff. I feel like the majority of all the social media confidence is targeted towards women, right? Yeah. Well, and I think women are usually the ones who are out there talking about it more. Um, and I think with men, it's often very covert. Um, so, you know, my hope is to, you know, start talking about this more. We increase some of the resources and even just the stigma around what it even means to address this stuff. Yeah. So why, why did you choose working with men? Is that, is that why? Um, so I, I kind of fell into it. I, as I was getting my hours, um, to become a therapist, I worked at a treatment center, um, that helped with substance abuse and co-occurring disorders. And it was a men's only facility. So for three years, three and a half years, I worked exclusively with men, um, which actually felt like a really good fit for me in the sense that I was, I always had a lot of guy friends. Um, I was like a little bit of a tomboy and, um, I just, I I like the direct nature of working with men. I like kind of the simplicity, Mm -hmm. not, not in like a bad way, but just in a, they say what they mean. They mean what they say. There's no kind of like blah. Um, (laughs) It's not bad at all. (laughs) And I like being able to be direct. It's, it's, um, it's easier. And I feel like every time when I, talk to men about that. Their response is always like, no, please, I need, I need direct feedback. Um, which is nice. I, you know, sometimes it can get a little bogged down in the way 
women react and I'm guilty of that too. But, um, so, I mean, that experience really helped me like become really familiar with what men struggle with and why, and the ways in which I can help them, which I, and I, I don't know, a lot of them wanted to work with a female, um, because oftentimes it feels safer to kind of talk about some of that stuff with another woman. Um, and the irony is that most men, you know, get their way of dealing from dad, even if it's, you know, very uh, unhealthy. So, I mean, I do see it as a chance to kind of correct some of that moving forward, which is, you know, nice. Yeah. That's, that's so true. Like, I always wondered, like, what makes men want to come, want to work with women versus, versus men. But I think, like, it's just, if it's, if it's all logical based, you know, then they, then it's probably more, they go to men, right? And if it's emotional based, they, they more so go to women, because I think that's our strength. Yeah. And I found that a lot of men, um, you know, so not to overgeneralize, but a lot of men have had, like mom or mom figure, whoever's in that role was typically the safer person to talk about emotions with. Um, so I think there's a sense of familiarity that exists with other women. Um, but again, like I said before, they kind of end up modeling their emotional behavior, um, after dad or dad figure or not knowing if there was no person in that role. And I think that because of a lot of the, cultural, you know, norms in our society today with how men should be, there's a lot of expectations that men have to be tough or men can't show weakness or vulnerability. And so I think that naturally puts them in a position where they don't want to be in an inferior place with other men and women are different enough that it feels safe. Yeah. And that's why I have like, I was going to ask you, like, do you have men work in groups and do you see the benefit of that? Because I wanted to start like a group coaching, you know, a group coaching program for men. But then I was thinking, wait, they're going to always be, you know, competing with each other. <laughs> like the majority of men probably do have that instinct to want to compete or not, not unleash everything because there are other men present. You know, what are, what are your feelings on that? So um, I had a lot of experience with this when I was working in the treatment center. I don't currently have a group. It's something I've been wanting to start. But my experience was that it was extremely powerful um, and positive to be working in a group. So, you know, the treatment center in general with, with just men, you know, a lot of the work they did was in groups. And I ran a core group that was like just my clients and we would meet weekly. And, you know, the power of being able to actually be vulnerable in front of each other is such a big deal in terms of not only like increasing their own like emotional awareness and intelligence, um, but then being able to kind of say it out loud in front of other men and really work on that empathy piece, right? That like, you know, the shame says like, oh, it's just me. I'm the only one. There's something wrong with me versus being able to start to say it out loud and realize, oh, I'm, I'm not alone. I'm not the only person. Other people are nodding or agreeing. Um, or even stepping up to support me is so powerful. So I think that group work is, is really amazing. That makes a lot of sense. It's like, I guess it has its downs, but it has more upsides than downsides. Yeah. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy yeah. and it can be hard. It can take men a while, but when they are able to kind of connect with each other, it's, it's so powerful. Oh, that's awesome. What do you think? What are most men come to you for? I would say relationship issues. And to be honest, because I think that that's the like container that, that shows that there's a problem, right? Like, um, for some guys, you know, it's their partner like wanting to leave or has already left. Sometimes it's that they haven't been able to get someone yet and they're frustrated with that. But I found that you know, all this stuff that we deal with, um, it, it, it comes out in relationships, right? Cause that's where our mm -hmm. vulnerability is and that fear and like wanting to be loved and to connect. And a lot of the men I work with, um, have like big barriers when it comes to connection, like actually connecting. Um, sometimes it's 
as simple as just like not having any communication skills. Sometimes it's much deeper of just like driven by fear and vulnerability and feeling, you know, either misunderstood or um, even just like sometimes frustrated because they're misunderstood and they don't know how to communicate. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Or they don't know. I mean, there's, I mean, it's, it's any and everything because sometimes it's, not being able to stand up for themselves, you know, and, and like kind of tolerating some behavior that's really unhealthy. And sometimes they themselves are the ones that are not acting very kindly, you know, but driven by, you know, fears or ego, not to oversimplify, but what one of the things I see is there's no way I can deal with your feelings. I can barely deal with my own, right? That, that Mm. sort of dynamic, um, And so one of the things I work with men on is starting to be able to deal with their feelings so they can tolerate the emotions that come up for their partner. Yeah. How do you help men do that? Learning how to get connected with themselves. Um, Like I've found that emotional intelligence is oftentimes really low. Um, You know, and I ask some men how they're feeling they say good (laughs) and it's like good good is not a feeling you know like they just don't always have the vocabulary um to yeah they don't know how to explain it no and and men are men are different like women are much more verbal so i i don't expect Mm -hmm. the same things but but um if you are in a relationship with a woman who's verbal, right, then there can be a huge disconnect in terms of how you, how, how communication happens. And so really a lot of it is developing that emotional awareness so they can kind of start to put thoughts and words behind what they're feeling um, so that they can then do something about it. But it's really hard to take action if you, they don't even know what's happening inside it, you know, and oftentimes, the feeling a lot of men are comfortable with is anger. Um, and that's easy to show. It's kind of more like quote unquote, like accepted. Um, it's Mm -hmm. manly, you know, but there's a lot underneath that. And so again, it kind of, it really limits the connection because they're, it's like not having a full range of, of emotions to access and express. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Cause so many men just use anger, but that's like a comfort zone emotion where it's like, uh, I know yeah. what this means. I understand it. I know exactly how to show it. I know how mm-hmm. people respond to it. So it's yeah. like just having that comfort. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But there's always, there's usually always something underneath anger, like, you know, yeah. like the, the anger iceberg, right? Anger is the tip that you can see, but underneath is the majority, which is usually, you know, shame, guilt, fear, judgment, embarrassment, loneliness, you know, sadness, depression, you know, just so many other like really tough feelings that are much more difficult mm-hmm. to feel, much more difficult more to More vulnerable about. feelings. Yeah. Totally. Totally. No one wants to like live in that space. So it's easier to just get angry and be frustrated and like push someone away. And that's where that emotional tolerance comes in of, okay, after you've identified those feelings, like, can you actually like feel them? Like, what's it like to start to feel that way and trust that you can kind of get through it and that you're not going to just like lose it or, you know, literally like crumble. Um, Cause that's, yeah. and that's really a lot of like self-trust. Yeah. And just like you said, just knowing what it is, like having the awareness around it, like know it first. I was just reading, um, you know, Bre- Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. I was just reading uh, Gifts of Imperfection. I just finished it. And it's all about shame. And like she studies shame and vulnerability and um, how that how that connects with courage. Right. And she says she said it in such like a beautiful way. Like when you're when you're feeling shameful and so many men have sexual shame. Um, mm-hmm. I've come across like so many men with sexual shame. And she says when you have this this feeling of shame or when you're feeling when you know you're feeling shame. You have to identify what it looks like in your body. You know, ask yourself, like, when I am feeling shame, like, what is my body doing? You know, like, how am I, what thoughts are coming in my head? Like, and she just takes you through this way to really, like, analyze that feeling and get used to it and get comfortable with it so that you know when it's there. And I think that's, you know, like, we're talking about, like, men have to, if men were more aware of all their 
emotions like, oh, I'm feeling shame right now. Like, this is what I need to do to get out of it. Then it's mm-hmm. much more, you know, they, they become a better communicator because they know how to read those emotions and they know how to get out of them. So they're not stuck. I feel like a lot Abs- of guys feel stuck in these emotions. Absolutely. Because they have, they, it's, it's like a foreign language and they have no tools to deal with it. And so that's always that first step of just really increasing that awareness of like, well, what do you notice happened in your body when this, when this happens, right? Like what are, what are the thoughts you have? Like what are the other feelings that are coming up? And then, then what do you do? Right. And it's usually some like maladaptive thing, some, something unhealthy, right. Usually to get it to go away as quick as possible. Um, and so it's, but you can't, you can't fix something that you don't even know is happening. Right. And, and oftentimes that's, that's why like they come in because they know their relationships on the rocks. Right. But they Mm -hmm. don't understand like how it got there or all these other layers. And so it's kind of really helping them figure out for themselves what it looks and feels like. And then once you do that, then we can get into kind of challenging all of it and testing it and experimenting and like finding new ways. But, you know, part of the work is just starting to like shed light on some of this stuff, like for, for them. So they're more aware. How do you shed light on, on it with your clients? Um, a few ways. I mean, oftentimes men are so cognitive and so kind of really getting into that emotional space of, you know, really feeling the feelings, not just like thinking about the feelings. Um, and so that's something we can do in therapy. Um, the other thing I, I really just ask men to start doing is like, just start noticing, like, cause oftentimes what happens when I ask them to notice, like when we're not in session is that they come back and say like, Oh, I had no idea how much this was happening. Right. And, and that's, that's how we can kind of start that process of like, because this, especially with therapy, right. It's, it's not like convincing anyone, right. It's allowing them to have their own experience that that's actually what's happening. And so it's creating opportunities. Um, and, and that's where I do use a lot of mindfulness of like, what's actually happening, you know, both in and out of session. Like, what are you actually feeling right now? Like, how do you, even with anger, like, well, how do you know you're getting angry? You know, like, what does that feel like Mm. in your body? And, and, and just, being more curious about this stuff, because the more we can kind of talk about it, we can open up a ton of little doors that, that might resonate with that person of like, oh yeah, that's totally what I noticed. Or that's what it feels like. Or, oh yeah, that's exactly right. That allow them to like even start on the path. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't change, you know, you can't change your ways if you don't first understand them you know that's like that's mm-hmm. basically what we're what we're saying and um and it's like you know guys want these different results but they just keep doing the same thing and they keep handling things the same way and they're like why is it not working i'm like well you keep doing the same thing you know like you have to switch your patterns and it's like oh that feels weird like that feels that feels unnatural I'm like it's supposed to feel unnatural <laughs> that's you know that's what leads you to a different feeling or a different result or a different relationship is having these you know, just starting to do things differently and, and starting to understand them and be curious. Like you're saying, like, I think men just don't want to be curious about emotions because it is like, a, you know, it's a, it's a tough topic and it doesn't come naturally to them just based on, you know, society standards, but also naturally, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. Can I say something on that? Yeah. Um, so there's this book called immunity to change and they talk about, um, why it's so hard to change. But one of the things they point out is this difference between um, technical versus adaptive, like problems and solutions. And with the idea being that, you know, technical is, you know, anything that you can follow, like you want to learn how to make a cake and you follow, you get the recipe, follow directions, you know, you get a cake, right? You want to, you know, like lose weight, you look at what you're eating, you consume fewer calories, you burn more calories, you know, you get better sleep or vitamins and minerals, whatever it is, right? You kind of do all these technical things. Yeah. And oftentimes what happens is like men want a technical solution. And if a technical solution works, great. <laughs> like, like, let's make this as mm-hmm. easy as possible, you know, but 
as I mean, I'm biased because I am a therapist, but like in my experience, I'll, the problems people come into when it comes to therapy are their adaptive problems, right? Which, which really means that like you have to change. And that means like how you mm-hmm. see yourself, how you see the world. Like, I mean, cause it, 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 it's easy to have just like an external thing that'll fix everything, right? Like the perfect planner yeah. that will all of a sudden allow you to like organize your life seamlessly. Okay. Well, yeah, th- that might exist. It also might be how you're actually approaching time management, you know, and, and that's, and it's harder yeah. to require yourself to change because most people like are the way they are for a reason, right? Like, and with a lot of men, the reason they are shut off or disconnected or whatever is because they learn, quote unquote, learn some lesson along the way. That's like, it's not, okay. it's not safe <laughs> to feel things. It's too painful or I'm going to get hurt. And so it's, I mean, it, again, there's so many layers you can kind of start to peel back, but you know, if the technical thing's not working, then we really have to look at like, what's not working with you? Like, what's the barrier there? And th- and that's where obviously, mm-hmm. again, I think therapy really can be beneficial when some of the other stuff is like, just, it's just not working. You know, that's when people get kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. When like, what would work for maybe the majority of people like isn't working at all, then it's like, oh, this is a personal issue. We have to dig into this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Cause sometimes it's like, you know what, that relationship was really unhealthy or, you know, um, and for some people they, they end the relationship, they move on, they find someone else and right. Go on their way. But oftentimes, uh, then the next relationship, you know, like it's like a pattern, right. It keeps happening. So it's not, it's not just the person you're dating. It's like, And I'll say to my guys sometimes, like, what's the common denominator? Like, not like this is your fault, but like, let's look at your piece. Like what's happening for you that's contributing to this problem or this situation or these feelings? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like when, when one guy attracts the same type of woman over and over and Mm -hmm. he's like, I have the worst, I have the worst luck. And it's like, let's look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this has nothing to do with the women. Maybe, you know, you play a part in this. Absolutely. So when you, if you have a man who, who comes to you, who's in, say he's in like a, a toxic relationship where he's mm-hmm. being, cause I brought this up in a, in a post yesterday when I was, I talked about like a little bit of my personal story, dating, dating a narcissist. And, um, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of manipulative relationships and I know women are really good manipulators, right? Like, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to sex. And I have a few clients who have been manipulated by women when it comes to sex. How do you help, how do you help those men get through that manipulation? Um, when you're only so, working with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of different factors that potentially are in play. Um, and I guess I'll just, I'll speak to like the situations I've seen, um, which I'm, I'm sure you can totally identify with. So do you know about like, like, you know, like with like attachment theory, right? There's like different attachment Mm -hmm. styles. And oftentimes what I see, and I'd be curious to hear your perspective is that, um, more often than not, I've seen the men who struggle with that, that manipulation with women and kind of not being able to get out of that relationship is that they have an anxious attachment. And so they're, mm-hmm. they're wanting that connection and they, they, that's what keeps them in it for a lot longer versus the men who are much more avoidant, right? Who they're like the other half mm-hmm. of my practice, who their problem is like actually getting closer um, you know, with the anxious attachment, they are, they have trouble like detaching and, and that's when they want, they want so much from the other person, which is not necessarily a bad thing. We all have needs that need to be met, but the problem oftentimes is this person's not capable of that or right. The, the woman might be kind of keeping them in this loop of like manipulation and kind of control. And so a lot of times it's, like learning some really healthy boundaries, like really establishing what is okay and not okay in a relationship in terms of how, you know, 
you're treating the other person and being treated and really kind of identifying some of those values of like, what's okay. Cause sometimes it's easy for men to kind of compromise on that stuff because they don't want to be lonely. They don't want to, they don't want her to leave. They don't want to not have access to that like closeness. And so they kind is of that keep like them... the majority is an underlying fear that triggers yeah. that anxious attachment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's, it's kind of like they have trouble figuring out their feelings independent of the other person. Right. So mm-hmm. sometimes the work is, well, they want to, they want to know how the other person feels in order to kind of figure out how they feel. But that when you're, there was someone who's manipulative that, that can just last forever. So part of it is really kind of helping. And that's where some of that confidence and self-esteem work comes in of how do you feel? Like, how does this make you feel, you know, so that they can kind of start to establish their own sense of like what's okay and what's not okay in a relationship. Um, cause sometimes it's really hard to, to get people to, sometimes people can see the manipulation. It's obvious. Sometimes it's not, it's really subtle mm-hmm. and it's just enough to like, keep them constantly hooked. Um, but it's establishing, so it's really kind of establishing that like internal validation and, and ways to get some of their needs met, like on their own. I mean, we obviously, we, we need relationship, right? Humans are social. We need that mm-hmm. interaction. But when we're just totally dependent on another person for certain needs being met, that's oftentimes when things can get a little problematic. So it's also a lot of education of like how to have a healthy relationship and what that looks like. Otherwise, you know, the pattern just keeps repeating. Um, and, and, you know, another part is just really shedding light on the toxic dynamic that can be really hard to see, especially when there are really strong feelings of love and affection and all those other things that, you know, it's not easy, but people, men justify staying for those reasons, yet they end up being a pretty small percentage of the relationship. They're just, Mm -hmm. they feel good. They feels good, (laughs) you know? And, and oftentimes those fears are too big. They're too scary. It's like, I'm not even going to go there. And so they stay. Yeah. And then sometimes they stay and justify, you know, love when they get, say they, like she gives him love like once a week or expresses mm-hmm. it once a week. And then, and then they'll say, oh, well, I got it. I got it. You know, and then yeah. they use that as justification to stay in the relationship. And yeah, that's what I've seen. And I, I do, I love how you explained all that. That was such a great answer. Um, and when it comes to like, cause when it comes to the anxious man, do you think that he's, he keeps that anxious attachment style because he doesn't want to look at himself? Yeah. The reason someone has an anxious attachment and this, again, this like, is oversimplification of like a really intense topic, yeah. but just on a basic level is because, you know, they have like an unreliable caregiver, right? That they don't know when they're getting love. And so when they get it, they cling on to it because they don't know when it's going to come back, right? It, it might not come back. So that's that pattern that these men kind of continue to play out. Well, okay, I got it one time this week. Okay, that's enough, right? Because that the reality of like, I don't know the next time I'm going to feel that love is very real. Like it's 100% yeah. real for them. And so again, like it's, but we need that love. Like we need to all feel love. So that's not the problem. The problem is like, okay, is this a healthy way to get it? Like, does this work? And, and really developing that like own sense of self of like, what are your actual needs? Like, is that enough? Is once a week really, is that really satisfying? Is that really what you want? Is that what you would want for your your children, your future children, you know, or your, your brother, your cousin, you know, and, and really starting to identify truly what those needs are so that then they can weigh that against what they're getting and then kind of start to figure out what they can do about it. Um, so it's, and that's part of like breaking that cycle, right. Of like justification. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love how you said like, what would it, you know, what would, a family member, like, what would I want for my family member or my child, you know, because that mm. puts it out of their body. And now it's not about them. It's they could see it from another angle. Exactly. And so sometimes powerful. we, 
we can't see the problem when it's like right in our face. Right. Cause yeah. it's, it's yeah. the reality. And so getting some perspective and finding ways to just kind of put it more at arm's length so we can see it differently. And oftentimes we can do that when we see through someone else's eye, eyes. Um, and that's why mm-hmm. it can be so helpful working with like a coach or a therapist or, you know, people who can yeah. bring in a different that. perspective. Like, the power of it is, mm-hmm. yeah, the mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you, so when it comes to confidence building, do you have any specific tactics that you give, that you give men like the majority of the time? Or is it always like personalized to fit them? Um, it, it's, it always ends up being personalized just depending on where someone's coming from and what like he's struggling with. Um, I do try and, you know, separate self-esteem from confidence and really just helping men understand, um, like even just the difference between the two, right? Because, Mm. you know, confidence, it's our belief in our ability to do something and that's important, but self-esteem is how you feel about yourself. Right. And, and Mm. with with self-esteem comes that like internal and external validation. And so again, even just distinguishing between those two, um, but it, it depends because I think a lot of, I think with confidence and self-esteem, a lot of it ends up coming down to trust um, and, and love, like self-love and self-trust. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where, like, I'm going to kind of loop back to that emotional tolerance of um, it's really scary and it's going to probably hurt and you're probably going to stumble, but like, are you, are you, do you have the skills? Do you have the resources? Do you have the strength to stand up, to reach out for help, to take care of yourself, you know, to know the difference between right and wrong, to, mm-hmm. um, to even just say like, this doesn't work for me, you know? And, and that's yeah. where I think that true confidence and self-esteem come from of, you know, because that's like a real place to stand. And, and that's, oh, that's going to be so individual for each guy, you know, depending on what they're, where they're coming from, like what their belief system is, you know, what their past history Mm -hmm. has, has, has like shown them to be true or not true. Um, But I think sometimes men want to skirt around trust and self-love by just kind of like acquiring skills and, and yeah. again, like, like that technical or adaptive, it you know, like the tangible, so Yeah. Technical stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How would you help? How would you advise a man to rebuild trust in a woman? Like if he can't trust women, is that, does that mean he can't, is that because he can't trust himself? Um, yeah, that's, there's probably part, a little bit of that going on. Um, so if, if, when I have a client who doesn't trust women, um, oftentimes what has happened is this underlying like core belief has been developed about women, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. for instance, like women are bad, like women are manipulative. Women are out to get me. Women are going to take advantage of me. Like what, however it manifests. Right. And so then what I help them do is, okay, how did that core belief like get developed? And it, and it, it like 99.9% of the time it got developed because of something very real. And in that moment, that was actually probably a hundred percent true. Right. But mm. what happens is men continue to believe that that's true long after she's kind of come and gone. And it becomes, that's what, where it becomes maladaptive. So really examining that belief, like, is that actually true? Is that true for every single woman? Right. And really starting to experiment with that. And that's where, so I'm really big into experiments of like, let's just try this. Like what happens if you do this? And because we need real like evidence and data to then build trust that, oh, well, it didn't happen with this person or it didn't happen even in the, in all expanded mm. out, like even just like interactions with colleagues. Right. Cause like, cause oftentimes that underlying core belief, even if it's related to like women, it might like spread out to others. And so we can find different ways to test it. And then through the process of testing it, that's when we can start to rebuild actual trust, right. To prove 
Well, that was true with her or at this time in my life, but I'm different now or things are not the same or she's not part of my life anymore. Like, let's, let's see if this is still true. Let's just see. Let's see. Is it still true? Right. And then slow. Oh, it wasn't true that time. Okay. Oh, it wasn't true that time. Okay. And we start kind of keeping tabs. Like, okay, well, like, Mm. you know, uh, the 10 times you tried it, like it wasn't true all 10. Okay. So what does that say? Okay. Well, it might not be true. And then, and then that's where like, okay, well now what, what would it be like to actually to kind of start to build trust with, let's say the next woman or this new relationship? What's that like? It's scary. Yeah. It's totally Mm. scary. Okay. Like let's work through it being really scary and not like running away or going back to that old belief system. Like how do you get through it just being really scary? Like, what's that process like? And, and so that's kind of at least my way of working with that. And, and there's a lot of self-trust in there. There's also a lot of being willing to develop trust with others, you know, that, that comes, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's going to be built slowly and gradually, but I really like to make it based on like real things, like real lived experiences. Cause again, this is not about convincing yourself that you should trust women. Like that's not what this is. Like our, our minds and our Mm -hmm. emotions are way too powerful for that. Yeah. You need evidence. You need proof. Yeah. That's so that's cool. So you would do it like with anything, right? Like when it even trusting as simple as like, if she says she's going to call you and she does, does that? Ab- absolutely. Like yeah. little things? Cool. Totally. Yeah. Like that. that's like, let's count that. Like mental tally mark, right? There's one mm. time she, she followed through. Okay. You know, um, and, and then yeah. on and on from there, because then we can kind of start to build a more accurate picture of what's happening in this moment that then we yeah. can weigh against every past experience and really starting to separate the past from the present. Because oftentimes, right, with that underlying core belief, men are still treating the present with all of those, the past stuff. There's no actual distinction between the past and the present. Mm -hmm. So let's distinguish, okay, this is, you know, it's, it's 2019. It's, you know, it's whatever day it is like, okay, is this happening today? Or am I reacting to something that happened like two years ago? So oftentimes yeah. it's a reaction to what's ha- something that happened in the past. Yeah. Sometimes even like 15 years ago. <laughs> Why oh, are you still yeah. carrying this? <laughs> totally. Totally. Let it goes go. on and on forever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it takes like you have to, it takes that person, it takes that man to say, I don't want to live this way anymore. You know, it's that decision of, yeah. of making that distinction. And that's something I make a distinction, but it's more present to future. So I'll say like, what would your future self do? Would he do that? And he'd be, and then right away, he's like, no, he wouldn't. Cause we get super clear on like who his ideal future self is. Mm-hmm. So I found that mm-hmm. to be powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when it comes to self-love in men, this is like, you know, this is a topic that men can see as either too feminine or too, you know, fluffy and lovey-dovey. Um, how do you take the fluff out of self-love for men so that they actually work on that and they see it as a, as something that's powerful and making, making them more masculine versus taking their masculinity away? Yeah. So that's a really good question. Um, so I usually reframe it in the sense of, um, value and worth, right. And Mm. I do, I do a lot of reframing in the sense of, um, like it takes strength <laughs> to come to therapy every week and like, look at this stuff. Like, cause yeah. think about all the men, you know, who are not even touching this with a 10 foot pole, you know, mm-hmm. they're too scared, you know? And like the fact that you're here willing to look at this, like that is, that is being really strong. Like that's showing that you like care enough about yourself or your future self to like, not let this continue, you know? So I do a mm. lot of reframing that and that, and that like, the accumulation of all that stuff is self-love and some men, you know, like it it doesn't want to be self-love. That's fine. Okay. Is it, is it your value? Is it your worth? Is it, you know, having access to all parts of yourself, not just like a few parts, you know? So whatever Mm -hmm. like kind of resonates with them, I'm fine. But again, it's a lot of reframing of like, well, what is actually strong? What is actually being manly? What is actually, um, like taking care of your shit, you know, like, 
is that mm-hmm. mean like hiding, doing the same thing, expecting a different result, like being scared, feeling stuck? Like, is that, is that really what like being strong is? Like, I, I would say no. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so like showing them that like doing the hard work is, is a form of self-love, is a form of strength, is a form of like power and, and empowerment and, um, like that self-efficacy, yeah. right. That like, I do get a say in my life and I'm yeah. doing something about it. Yeah. Just like, just understanding it as, as like, you know, I can control my feelings. Like I don't have to feel this way, you know, and the only way you can control your feelings is if you first understand them. So that's like the first step of gaining that strength is seeking out help to, for someone to be a mirror to you so that you can understand them. Yeah. yeah, And and I'm, I'm not the type of therapist that's like, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and like, give yourself a hug. Like, I'm not like that. I'm like, (laughs) I'm, I'm, you know, if, if, if that stuff, like, I will, I wouldn't do that in general. I'm just not that way. Um, not, not that there's anything wrong with it, but my point is like, yeah, a lot of men come in with like, I, like, the, I don't like that touchy feely stuff. Like, okay, that's fine. But emotions are not something to be afraid of. Like, let's deal with them in your way, mm-hmm. like in a way that you can still do this, but with all those reframes that this is healthy and productive. So I think there's a lot yeah. of ways to go about it that isn't, um, quote unquote, like, feminine or girly or like touchy feely or, you know, things that, which unfortunately like keep a lot of men away because they have these associations that, you know, Mm -hmm. they're going to have to do all that stuff. And eh, I mean, that's not how I approach it. Yeah. I don't either. I learned that you can't do it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Not usually. Yeah. (laughs) There are some men who like, like doing like the funny stuff, you know, where they'll like dance in their underwear or they'll, you know, <laughs> sh- shake their ass and, and be like, Oh, like it feels good when I do this shit. And I'm like, whatever feels good, like whatever <laughs> works for you, do it. Totally. But, um, yeah, but there's just like some, and I'll t- like, I'll tell my guys, like sometimes there's, there's little things like that where it's like sometimes being playful and, and silly does do a pattern interrupt in the brain where it kind of like shifts you from this serious place of like, this is freaking me out to, wow, this is just like, this is just, I can have fun with this. Like I can relax yeah. about this a little more, yeah. you know, so it I'll always have give to be them so serious. Like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like when it does become like, you know, too serious, it's like they, I don't know, I guess looking at like emotions is like, this is like too hard for me. I think there needs to be like some, some play and there needs to be like some exploration in like a way that's, that's somewhat like interesting for them and like fun for them so that they can be curious and stuff. So it's, it's really hard. And like, I don't know if you feel this way, but it really is hard, like finding that, that balance of, of like, okay, what's like too, what's like too playful for this guy, you know, and what's like too masculine for this guy, you know, finding that what works best for them as an individual man. It's interesting. Totally. I love that. Cause I love the creativity that comes along with that. Cause all, all men mm-hmm. are different. And that's, that's really, yeah. I think sometimes why we get stuck in this rut is that men have been so stereotyped. Um, and that stereotype is really, it's really confining. It's really limiting. And I love the creativity that comes along. Cause like men are, they're totally different. They approach things differently. I've had, you know, like, big, you know, just like burly guys who just, you know, are not afraid to kind of cry and, and just like go there. I've had guys who just, yeah. you know, they, they literally can't touch it, you know, and we've just wade through it, get closer and closer mm-hmm. each day. I mean, you, you know, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason. Everyone comes from a different place. And so I think that's the best part about working with men is really honoring that and allowing them to be them <laughs> in a way that doesn't yeah. have to conform to all of these like expectations and yeah you know society like, standards. standards like yeah 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 and that was like the beginning like when I first started I I did put like men in a box because I'm like I didn't know men that well and like the more mm. men I talked to I'm like holy shit like <laughs> I have to you know understand how my relationship will be with every single one of these guys because it is not the same like all my clients yeah. are so different so it's so cool totally and yeah totally. but at the same time they are so like you said like they're so direct like it's like mm-hmm. we're very blunt it's like go like okay do this and then they they do it and like there's no questions around it really you know it's 
very yeah and that's interesting yeah well and it makes and, and, and that also makes it fun you know i mean it's like sometimes we'll be like god you know you gotta laugh at this stuff you know like yeah we just it, we can talk about really heavy things and you know also light things and like that's okay like and i tell my guys that like not every moment is going to be groundbreaking like heavy and because mm -hmm. no one no one can handle that that's just like too much and so you know yeah. learning how to also contain it like we can talk about some heavy stuff in here and then we can just like put the lid on it in a very healthy way and like you can go back the rest of the, your day and the rest of your week and don't think about it again until you come back you know and that's that's okay mm -hmm. like trust that what we're doing is is enough that we're gonna start to move the needle on this yeah and I think it's that understanding too, like just making sure they understand, like it's, it doesn't, you know, it didn't take one day or one session for you to get caught in this pattern or stu stuck in this situation, you know? So it's going to take some time to, to condition yourself to another place. Yeah. And, and, th and that letting is them the hard, know that. yeah, that is the hard time part of like, you know, we can make big strides like quickly sometimes, but then it's also really internalizing that change and really making it your new normal that sometimes that's where, that's where I see a lot of setbacks and kind of like lapses and um, like, Oh God. Okay. And then, and that's okay. It's just information. Mm -hmm. It's just feedback. There's something more we need to look at or address or try something different. And that's okay. It's not the end of the world, but like it does take time. Um, and I think in our world of like kind of immediate gratification, it's, um, it's you hard. know, so yeah, it is hard. So, I mean, part of it is really just valuing that this is really a change worth making. Yeah. And I think if guys realize like this is, this is your, you're building a relationship like with yourself, but you, mm -hmm. but when you build a relationship, it takes time, right? Yeah. It doesn't just build overnight. You don't gain trust with someone overnight, you know, and right. it, even if it's your, the relationship with you, like you're not going to feel different instantly overnight. Like it takes time to nourish it and grow it and, and go, go through a process. Yeah. And for most guys, this is like the first time they've done that, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and this can be like for no, decades. It's so yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I love this work. Yeah. I think it's, it, it, I, I love it. I could talk about it forever. <laughs> I know. What are you most passionate about in your work? Like, what do you love? What type of men do you love working with most? What um, do you love? What do you I think I probably really love the men who are just like very avoidant and disconnected. Um, Mm. and oftentimes there's like some depression, you know, or maybe some substance abuse, you know, that they've kind of been hiding beneath and they're often the most sensitive, um, which I love. They just are scared. Mm. And I love being able to create that really healthy relationship in therapy where we can kind of start to get into some of this and that, that we can use that as proof, even though obviously there's a lot of boundaries that comes to come to the therapeutic relationship. But I, I do use our, our relationship a lot that like, look, you, you did it in here. You did it with me. Like you can do it. You look at all the skills you've been using, right. You can use this, you know, with your wife, with your girlfriend, with the next one, you know, mm. that, and, and really like letting that be an experience, a very strength based experience that they can take with them. Um, and I think those are, for me, the most exciting ones, because they do feel the most like transformative and, yeah. you know, seeing a guy like kind of come, come alive after just being like so numb for yeah. so long, you know, and kind of finding that first bit of, of like true, like inner strength, like that's, that's like totally legit. That's not based on anything external um is so mm. powerful like that i could just i can ride that high for a while i i love that um mm -hmm. I, and i think there's part of me that's like a little bit av avoidant and so i think i can really identify with that mm. avoidant side you know like i get it like you know yeah it's, it's not easy um yeah that that's definitely like probably my most favorite that's interesting. Cause I was just like, I was just telling my friend, um, yesterday, I was like, yeah, I think I do have a little bit of avoidance stuck in me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but it does help me relate to my clients. <laughs> it really does. Uh, totally. I, I, I feel the same way. And I think that's when we can use, 
you know, even though men and women are different, like we're all human, (laughs) you know, feelings are feelings. And, you know, we're, there's a lot of ways which we're more similar than different. And it's, it's finding those points of connection, you know, and empathy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Okay. So for the last question that you want, if there's one message you want to get across to all men, like the most important message you think the men of this world need to hear. What do you think it is? Um, gosh. Sorry, um, I threw this one on you. <laughs> no, that's great. No, I'd love it. Um, I mean, honestly, it would be just don't be afraid to feel some of your feelings. Like the, your feelings are not going to kill you. What you do <laughs> with them, that, that, that can be very problematic, right? That's where substances mm. and, and just toxic relationships and all of that stuff, right? Comes in aggressive behavior or even, you know, you know, suicidal ideation, right? But, yeah. but the feelings are not the, the problems themselves. Like <laughs> feelings are like clouds mm. in the sky. Like they're, they're, yeah, sometimes they can bring rain. Sometimes they, you know, are beautiful and big and puffy, but like, the feelings aren't the problem. It's what we do with them. And so like, stop being so afraid of your feelings, like learn to kind of start to feel them and ride that wave of feeling them. And like, that's where you can develop a lot of your strength and skills. Um, but I think sometimes men villainize feelings that that's a mm. bad thing, that, that feeling's bad or it means something mm. bad or it's weak. And I think that would probably be like my biggest, if, if I feel like if we could switch, fix that, I'll, I'll, we could fix a lot of problems. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Where can the guys yeah. find you? I'm on Instagram at, um, at third way counseling. And that's the name of my website. Um, yeah, either place is the best way to find me. And I just really appreciate you having me on stuff. This was such a great conversation. And I love the work you're doing. Mm-hmm. I love that you're bringing light to this. And I think it's super great. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge you because like we said, like there's not there's not many women who are standing for men today and putting them in the place of strength. You know, it's just I feel like there's a lot of tearing men down and, and telling men like what they should be doing. And it's it's like, more of a yelling at them versus guiding them. So mm. it's, I really appreciate you working with men and being that, that outlet and that, that in a, in a, in a feminine voice, which I think means a lot to the guys too today to know that we're standing for them and helping them. So yeah, I appreciate you. Mm, thank you. That is it for today's show. Thanks, Krissa. And I'll talk to you guys in the next episode.